he's back. So we broadcast our pirate signal back into the matrix. Escapingthecave.com, also on the ChristopherMedia.net network. Thank you, com- comrade. Lock, I got him. No. I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. Um, so, I mean, Kevin Hart was fired from the Oscars because of some offensive tweets. Hello. Let's go out with a bang. Let's have a laugh at your expense, shall we? Remember, they're just jokes. We're all gonna die soon, and there's no sequel. So, yeah, remember that. Um, Tonight isn't just about the people in front of the camera. In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world, but they all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. He's coming for you. He's coming for you. We were going to do an in memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just, no. It was mostly white people. And I thought, nah, not on my watch. Maybe next year. Let's, Let's see what happens. The world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. He was also in the movie Cats, but no one saw that. Um, And the reviews, oh, shocking. I saw one that said, this is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs, right? (laughs) But Dame Judi Dench defended the film, saying it was the role she was born to play, because she... I can't do this next joke. (laughs) Because she loves nothing better than plonking herself down on the carpet Lifting her leg and licking her. <laughs> furball, furball. She's old school. Um, it's the last time, who cares? Oh. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god, and So... It's already three hours long. Right, let's do the first award. The first award. <laughs> Howdy, Donzilla Files, and welcome to a long-awaited uh, another episode of Escaping the Cave. Tonzilla Expod, ChristopherMedia.net, EscapingTheCave.com, and uh, technically, is still over there at Twitter. Fuck Twitter. That's just sort of a receptacle. I'm trying to use it like a Venus flytrap to maybe... I don't know, catch some random Twitter user and bring them to the podcast. I don't post on it. I posted one time. I posted something today. I did some writing to sort of kickstart the creative process. 
So I uploaded that today, put it up there, threw it up on Twitter. This is, I think, the first thing that I've actually posted, at least to the profile, uh, since middle of November? Something like that. I cannot stand it. More on that is coming. Happy 2020. The 20s are here. This is great. You know, I've had this thing since uh, the year 2000 rolled in. You know, when I was growing up, we had the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, right? You could, you could name the decade by saying the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. 2000 rolled around. That went away. What did you call it? What did you call that first decade of the 2000s? The, the aughts? The zeros? Huh? We couldn't even agree on how to say the damn year. It was either 2001 2001, that just didn't sound right, but that made the most sense. That was the most consistent. See, we went from 1999, it should have been 2001. The year 2000 and then 2001. And people have been going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth about how to say the damn year. For 20 years, you can't identify or you cannot refer to the decade, or you couldn't anyway, in a consistent fashion. But now we can. These are the 20s. Thank God. A brand new decade. In my life, I was born at the beginning of a decade. Yeah, the 1980s. (laughs) My life is sort sort of divided up conveniently. Like the first decade of my life, blah, blah, blah. The second, you know, begins with a decade as well. So I've got these little chapter markers that are really convenient to help me kind of contextualize my life and put it into context about the passage of time and everything. But I got to tell you, it was really weird. Uh, On New Year's Eve day, I'm sitting here, and my girlfriend happened to mention that it had been 20 years since Y2K. I never put that together. You know, I was thinking 2000 to 2020. See how I said that? That's how you're supposed to say it. 2020, not the year 2020, not 2020. It's 2020. Little things bother me. Anyway, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about Y2K being 20 years ago. I'm thinking 2000 to 2020, right? Not 1999 to 2019. Yeah, it had been 20 years since that Y2K scare. Remember that? Most of you are old enough, I assume, I'm almost guaranteeing. I don't have a lot of younger listeners these days. But yeah, it was a big deal. This big, terrifying event. Everybody was frightened of. You know, it's sort of a uh, precursor to uh, 2012. Where everybody thought, <clears throat> excuse me, that a lot of people thought, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people thought that the year 2012, there was going to be this massive meltdown, the history's going to end because the Mayan calendar ended, blah, 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 blah. I happen to be in the jungle of Mexico at uh, a rainbow gathering, if you could believe that. Believe it, it's true. I was down there, jungles of Palenque, just outside of uh, the Palenque ruins, hanging out with these guys uh, for 2012, because I was really interested. I, <laughs> I had my own apocalyptic um, sort of uh, created visions, we'll call them. And I was really interested in what was going to happen. I was really interested in the people who would travel that far. And they came from all over the world. Man, South America, we're talking Europe. There were some people from Australia and a few other people from the United States. And we were out there just in the jungle. And it turned into this big, huge party uh, the night before. I cannot remember the time, but there was a specific time of day where the world and history were supposed to end, right? 
And so everybody partied. Everybody was up. Everybody was doing something in this big, huge deluge, like a tropical storm rolled through and flooded everything. It was sort of like Woodstock. I went to Woodstock 94. Sort of like that. It had a very, very Woodstocky feel, both the old one that I was not old enough to experience and the one that I did experience in 94. It felt that way. Right. But the next morning, everybody gets up and they're trying to process exactly what had happened. How did we get this so wrong? How did this not happen? And it reminded me of the morning of January 1st, 2000. We were so scared. We were so sure the world was going to end, but it didn't. Hmm. There were a lot of disappointment there in Palenque. I think there was a lot of disappointment in uh, the year 2000 as well when <clears throat> airplanes didn't start falling out of the sky. You know, the power grid didn't fall. And there was no anarchy to deal with. And I think there was a lot of disappointment there. But uh, I was thinking about 2012 and Y2K and all that. And as this new decade dawns, my voice is not conditioned. It's been a full two months, two and a half months almost, uh, since I've done one of these. So my voice is going to be a little weird today. Oh, did you, did you notice the new microphone? I have a brand new microphone. It should sound a little bit different. It sounds a lot better to me anyway. You guys probably won't notice much of a difference, but uh, audio files. Well, got myself a new Electro Voice RE27. It's my very first high-end new microphone outside of that sure crap, that SM7B. I couldn't stand that. I tried that a few months ago. You didn't notice it. I did. Uh, <laughs> I hated that, but this mm, sounds so good. So you other podcasters, more on you guys coming up later on, but you other podcasters, this is the Electro Voice RE27. Mm. Give it a rub down, Vanna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got that. And what the hell was I talking about? Uh, 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 yeah, my voice is a little weird. And um, as the new uh, decade dawned, I'm trying to put all this stuff into context. And I got to thinking about, uh, you know, uh, Y2K. I got to thinking about 2012 down in Palenque, how these senses of doom, impending doom, have been a regular occurrence over the last uh, 20 years or so, since the year 2000. And I found myself... Sensing the same thing. I intended to do, my return to podcasting was supposed to start uh, last week, 10 days ago. By the way, it is uh, January 13th, 2020. And uh, I was supposed to get back on the air a couple of weeks ago right after uh, New Year's Eve, but uh, I, I, I didn't for a few reasons. I'll get to those uh, probably eventually as well. But uh, the first episode back was supposed to be sort of a uh, prediction party, right? Because it is the beginning of a new decade. It's the beginning of a new phase, a new decade in my personal life as well. So I wanted to kind of get my thoughts down about what I thought was going to be happening in the both short-term future, but also throughout the course of the decade, the 2020s. And I wanted to archive it. And provided I survive that long, wanted to go back, wanted to be able to at least have the capability of going back and seeing how I did, checking my work. I've had some pretty good luck with that. There were times about five years ago where I wish I had said something instead of said, well, I knew that. You know how, don't you hate that? I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I hate that. I really do. I hate saying it. So I like to kind of get my thoughts and prognostications out there. So I can go back, and I've got something in place where I can prove. Maybe this is ego. I don't know. Maybe it's vanity. Maybe it's trying to create an ethos for myself. I don't know, but I want this in place moving forward. 
over the coming years, the coming 10 years, see how I did. And I was getting this sense again that I got in, 20, in the year uh, 2000 for Y2K. I was like, oh boy, oh, I hope it happens. Right? And I had the same tentative sense in uh, 2012 as well, though I thought that was a little bit different. And I'm getting the same sort of sense with myself of both uh, maybe this year. I think things are going to start to sort of decline a little bit. I think the, the cultural division is going to get markedly worse. A lot of things have happened in the last two and a half months uh, since I last did a podcast of the day before Halloween. Uh, the impeachment investigation has wrapped up. We've had Nancy Pelosi holding the articles. What the fuck is she doing? Holding the articles. So the House, help me, help me understand, Nancy. I don't get it. Clear and present danger. Well, I think I'll hold them now until Mitch does. <laughs> help me. I do not understand it, but these apparently these articles of impeachment are going to go um, before the Senate sometime this week. She's going to finally send them over. Mitch McConnell just said, fuck you. This is the Senate's deal. You can't tell me what to do. And he's right about that. You cannot tell the Senate how to conduct their trial. The House of Representatives is your deal. The Senate is theirs. That's how this works. If you don't like it, have an electoral wave that does a little bit more than get the top of your feet wet. You were given symbolic power in the midterm elections. If you don't like that, try to appeal to more parts of the country than the far left. So maybe you can actually win Senate seats and have something more than symbolic power. Anyway, so I kind of see this. That's kind of how I see this playing out over the, uh, the coming months. Uh, the uh, Democratic uh, primaries, we've lost some people. <laughs> it sounds like I'm, I'm going to do an in-memoriam. That would be a great idea, wouldn't it? Democrats, we've lost over the last six months. Oh, Kirsten Gillibrand, I think I talked about that. She's gone, thank God. Oh, Kamala of Tarth. Kamala Harris dropped out. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, I don't know if he was out. The last time I did a podcast, I don't remember when he dropped it. Thank God he's gone. Marianne Williamson dropped out the last couple of days. <laughs> I have a podcast I did last year. I was like, oh, my God, this is how how weird politics has become in this country. I was afraid that she was going to become the next Trump. I was literally considering that because after what happened uh, in 2016, I'm like, can we really discount this? No. Anyway, she's gone. So right now it looks like a four-way race between uh, Joe Biden, Senile Joe, Dementia Joe. I'm adding my own nicknames here. Uh, more on this is going to be coming, if not today, in other episodes. I, you have to talk about politics, or I have to talk about politics in the context of what I'm doing. Uh, but also uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren are still in there, and uh, Pete Buttigieg. He's appealing to a lot of people. Good for him. He can't get a black vote. He's not going to get the nomination. I don't care how well he does in Iowa and up there in New Hampshire. He's not going to get the nomination. He's going to have the, the same problem Bernie Sanders had in uh, 2016 yeah, because he, can't, he just cannot connect with black people for whatever reason. But Bernie Sanders seems to be, as, as things sit right now, Seems to be the candidate with momentum. I watch a lot of Fox News these days. I kind of go back and forth. Talked about this before, trying to get uh, different context, different information streams. 
uh, to sort of compare the propaganda, compare how the, these um, common facts are portrayed on different networks. So I have been going back and forth from CNN uh, and uh, Fox. I don't bother with MS. I can't. I, I can't do MSNBC. I just can't. Uh, but they seem to think most of their commentators uh, seem to think that Bernie Sanders is the most likely uh, nominee coming from the Democratic Party simply because the, the one excuse or the one reason, not excuse, the one reason they give is that Bernie is the most authentic candidate out there. Elizabeth Warren, you know, she used to be a Republican once upon a time. She's changed. Uh, Joe Biden has some problems. He's got some problems with his, uh, not only his voting record to the far left, we've talked about that, but he's also playing this revisionist history game where he's going back and saying, yes, I supported the, uh, the Osama bin Laden raid. Ha, ha, ha. No, that's not what you were saying. You were saying, no, I, I, I told President Obama not to do that. When it was time to make the decision, he counseled against the, uh, the, the bin Laden strike. So, yeah, we've got four people. I think it's going to come down to Biden, probably Bernie, Elizabeth Warren. I think Buttigieg, once the uh, the primaries and the uh, the primary process reaches the southern states, I think we're going to sort of see a replay of what happened with uh, Bernie Sanders in 2016, where the black vote is going to kill him. Blacks like Biden the same way they liked Hillary Clinton. So... I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to make any any predictions uh, as far as that goes. This is it's really useless at this point in time. Plus, you know, the Republican attack ads haven't even begun yet. How do you think this is going to look in six months? It's January 13th right now. How is this going to look on June 15th? As maybe a front runner sort of emerges, the Republican attack dogs, the attack ads start being lobbed to say Biden, the Hunter Biden connection, the uninvestigated scandal over there in Ukraine, and his voting record. He basically has, has swift-boated himself as far as that goes, and it's getting a lot of play on Fox News, like it or not. And then if Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren happen to be out in front, they have basically painted the Red Star of Moscow upon their forehead. They are going to be so easy to run against. All you have to do is saddle them with socialism. There's an abundance, an endless stream of tape that the Republicans are going to be able to use against them in attack ads. And they will. So, my prediction is this. As things sit right now, for 2020, Donald Trump is going to be elected. He's going to be re-elected. I don't see any other path forward. You're going to combine this. I know a lot of you are having your, your, your panties have just bunched up the crack of your asshole now. I understand where you're coming from, and I understand your want for that outcome. I do. Believe me. You have a problem with the far left. All you have to do is go over and look at Fox News for any period of time. And I know it's painful for you. I understand how hard it is for liberals or anyone to go listen to the opposition's media, the opposition's propaganda. You do not understand it if you don't. And you have got to understand the lines of attack that they're using against you. 
they have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on their screen so many times throughout the course of a day. You'd think she was sponsoring something on that network. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democratic Socialist, the self-admitted Democratic Socialist, she is connected to these people who were sitting in the Democratic Socialist Convention last year, screaming the word comrade over and over and over and over and over again, talking about safe rooms, talking about being triggered. And she has attached that socialist tumor to Bernie Sanders' electoral colon. She's going on stage screaming, Are you ready for the revolution? Ah, like Kermit the fucking frog. How do you think that's going to play when it comes time for the attack ads to hit or when it comes time for Bernie Sanders, if he gets that far, for Bernie Sanders to actually try to appeal to the general electorate? Radical socialists. That's the favorite attack of Fox News. They use it all day long, with two day parts being the exception. I'm going to get to, in fact, I'm going to get to that right now. If you want to go check out Fox News, if you want to check out another information stream, I suggest you check out Fox News. Shepard Smith's old time slot, 3 to 4 o'clock. I forget what they're calling the show now, uh, but they have sort of a rotating host thing, including Chris Wallace. That is a decent, I got to say this, I know. You're going to go again. You're going to go. You're going to start cognitively twitching when I say this, liberals. But that hour of news is the best, most balanced. I know. I know. It's funny. (laughs) It is the most balanced hour of news that I can find anywhere. CNN has become virtually unwatchable. MSNBC has been virtually unwatchable unless you are part of that congregation. Fox News, between 3 and 4 o'clock, is the best hour of news that I can find. And yes, yes, that includes NPR. That hour, 3 to 4 o'clock. And there's one other one. The 6 to 7 o'clock hour with Brett Bear. It's not bad. Comparatively speaking, if you're looking for balanced coverage, that hour is better still. I still prefer the 3 to 4 o'clock hour on Fox News, but that 6 to 7 o'clock hour is still better than anything else I can find on any, trying to watch my language, on any other network. It is. Have you tried it? Have you sampled it? As you sit there and, oh my God, no, it's faux news, faux news. Or as you sort of go into these automatic reactions, these conditioned responses to the mention of Fox News, have you sampled it for yourself? I dare say most of you haven't. Because you basically see it as the Republican version of TASS. I understand it. I do. I understand it. There is a path. Uh, to Todzilla empathy here. I get that. I highly recommend, I implore you to go over and at least sample that 3 to 4 o'clock hour and compare it to the media you have been ingesting, be it CNN, NPR, MSNBC, whatever. 
and try to see if if there is a stronger sense of balance in the information you're getting from those folks as opposed to the resistance networks over there. And if you can do that, you're going to start to get a clearer understanding of how the opposition is thinking and how Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is an electoral cancer up the ass of Bernie Sanders. How Bernie Sanders, being the democratic socialist that he is, he, was, he, was, he may not be a democratic socialist by party, but he is a democratic socialist in the classic sense. The DSA has endorsed him. That's why AOC from the DSA, AOC from the DSA, ah, that's why she is taking the stage with him. That's why she has endorsed him. You with me? Go over, check it out, try to familiarize yourself with those two hours of programming, three to four, six to seven, and try to come away from that experiment with a clearer understanding of how the rest of the country sees you. And you have to understand something else while you're doing that is understand that that network is kicking the snot, the snot out of yours. I don't care if it's MSNBC or CNN. CNN is, is pathetic, ratings-wise. What does that matter? Where are people getting their information? Why are they getting their information there and not CNN or MSNBC? <sighs> That's going to explain a lot. It's going to be very instructive, I think, as the electoral season continues and moves forward. I would do that now. When 7 o'clock rolls around, <laughs> do not leave your television unattended. Get the hell out of there. We understand what Tucker Carlson and uh, Sean Hannity are, right? I don't blame you if you can't listen to that. All right? But if you can, if you were one of those rare liberals or who can actually go and treat that network and those time slots as a research project... It's useful. It's incredibly instructive. It really is. Especially Hannity. Hannity is the highest rated cable news show by a pretty good margin. And I think Tucker Carlson is right behind him. Ahead of Maddow. Maddow. <laughs> I think Chris Cuomo, that 9 o'clock abortion show he has, I think it's the highest rated CNN show they have. The rest of that network is in the toilet. You hear talk, uh, Fox News talk about that, especially Hannity. You hear them talk about that a lot. I've seen the ratings for the last quarter of uh, 2019. And yeah, CNN is just, it's circling the drain. Like a little, I don't know, a pesky log that won't quite flush. But it's about to, and I understand why. They're trying to do the Fox or the MSNBC or the MSNBC thing. They're doing it terribly. Leave that to MSNBC. Let MSNBC be MSNBC. They do that well. They have branded themselves as the liberal network for a long time, almost 20 years now. What is missing is not another partisan boutique news channel on which to sell dick pills. What's missing is an authentic balanced, fact-based news network 
There is none in this country right now. If you think it's MSNBC or Fox or CNN, you need to designate which congregation to which you are a member. Before you make that statement, let's see the NASCAR signs on your vehicle. Who sponsors your mind? There is no, network-wise, network-wise, there is no place to go for consistent, impartial, fact-based reporting and information. Everything has been taken over by the boutique news model, the influencer model. Let me craft this news product for you. Let's get you lured in so that uh, we can have your loyal eyeballs glued to our program, glued to our network, because you know what you're getting every single day. And we can put these ads in front of you. That's the model. Everywhere you go, it is boutique news. It is a product crafted, crafted for a specific audience. Truth and fact be damned. It's about uh, faithfully executing and disseminating the religious scripture and doctrine. That is the American news media model as things sit right now. There's no place to go, man. Where are you going to get it? I, I gave you two hours where you can find something, at least relatively speaking, approximating that. But where else? I can't watch CNN anymore. I've tried. I've tried to watch that network until the latest example of, what's her name, Brooke Baldwin in the afternoon going on some neo-feminist rant. There was something to do. What was it? It was, I cannot remember for the life of me what it was, but it was something about, why don't you pay attention to the pay gap in, in women's wages? It had nothing to do with the story or the context that from which she leapt to get to the proselytization. Had nothing to do with women's wages, with a supposed, supposed wage gap between men and women. Nothing. But she took it there, and she took it there forcefully. It was like she was dragging the agenda dog with a log chain, like it was a rock. Well, I'm going to get this mother over here. Wage cap. And I saw that. That was the last time. And this is not the first time I've seen her do that. She's proselytizing in the afternoon just as much and almost just as often, almost, not quite, as Tucker Carlson does at night. And this is a midday show on the supposed most trusted name of news. Really? Are you sure about that? Your ratings tell a different story, CNN. Not a lot of people are coming to you as <laughs> their trusted purveyor of information. Not many at all. <sighs> so on that note, I'm going to cut this one a little bit short today. Went and hung out with some friends a couple of weeks ago, and they uh, implored me, Todd, make these things shorter. I like listening on my way to work, and they're too long. <laughs> All right, Brian, Chad, these, these two, the next two are going to be for you, including this one. I'm going to try, maybe experiment along a little bit with just maybe one topic per episode. Maybe shortening them up, doing a little more frequently. I tried that last year. It didn't work very well. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not holding out a lot of hope here. Now, this is going to be a thing. But 
The first couple, I'll try that for you guys, see how it sounds. I value your time. It's a time investment to listen to this. I've got a YouTube video that I've shot today. I don't care about YouTubers' time. To hell with them. But your time, I do value. It's been a long time. Weird getting back on the horse. So, bear with me. It's going to take a little bit to get back in the rhythm, but we'll get there. So, thanks for clicking in. ScapingTheCave.com, ChristopherMedia.net. And until next time, so long.